You describe the decline being the opposite to how you've described what that period was like in Auburn, when all of you bought together and brought greatness together, and you know you're greater than the sum of your parts. Yeah. So what is he going to do? I have a draft. Did you guys look at that at all? Can you explain what draft is about? I can explain contracts. to my knowledge. Rookie contracts. <laughs> Don't you start there, I'm confused. So you yeah. get, they get to keep five people from their pre-existing team from 2020. So then, GM they get a, it. then they get to pick ten more people. I thought they I don't draft, know, what's the difference between the five and the ten? I thought the draft pyramid made a lot of sense. Well, that's the only thing that made sense. Well, I mean, oh, is it? <laughs> well, it's like, well, well, it's like you keep five, okay. you keep ten. I don't know. I thought I didn't understand the difference between those two keeper categories. Uh, well, tell me again. So they get to keep five first. They get to keep five, and then then they get to keep ten more. So I don't know what the but difference. Is it maybe after, because after the first round, yeah, all five you choose five. Okay, and then you go again and choose ten. I don't know. I think so. And then the fans get to pick one to keep. So you get sixteen to keep. Then I think it's the rookie okay. draft that is like a logical. By ranking. Well, wait a minute. So you protect the first five. Yeah. What happens after protecting the first five? And we should all probably review it more, maybe even get it out. But I think then you get to pick your next ten from your own team. So that makes no sense because you would just pick fifteen. Agreed. So I don't know the difference between those two. I believe things. there is a round in between those two. Oh, where a rookie can, draft round, or you get to take. You can from see other oh, a free agency. Oh, Brian kept. No, oh, maybe. Brian kept those five, hmm, maybe my next 10 I want to choose are now different because of who you chose. Oh, I guess maybe that's right. That could be it. You I get to reassess to, after it. I think that has to do with some of it because they did say, okay, so... You didn't keep Petey. Hmm. Well, no. Okay. So, You're an yeah, idiot. Like, so, <laughs> so let's say all the backstrokers yeah. get right. protected, then you're more likely to protect your the backstroker yeah. if you don't have... Right. Another in the field, or if there's right. none in the draft, right. then you're going to go, oh, okay, so maybe because they protected those, I'll go ahead and protect mine. I guess that makes some sense. But then the, how does the audience know who should be the one they vote for? Because how do they know who is the 15 that got chosen for you to vote? And do, can you name the 16th best best Fan Some favorite. Up, it's not going to be strategy from the fan, fan base. favorite. It's just going to be, who do you like? Who are the fan favorites going to be? Whose jersey do you like? Well, and the fan favorites are going to get voted after the first 15. After the first 15, right? So, so it's like, all right, who are the, how many who's fans the bottom can feeder? Name the who's the bottom best feeder person on an ISL team? The, the 16th best. I don't know. And and who are these fans? Is there going to yeah. be like sabotage? Is it us? Here, it's like, three of us. It's three of us. All right. Tokyo <laughs> Frog Kings, Brandon Fisher. Here you go. I'm sending him your way. You're saying Brandon Fisher's 16th best? No, he's not on anything. Come on. Why is he not on the team? As he told me, he has a real job that makes more money than that, so. Well. Not the good at Especially if you're 16th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I don't know how the fans are going to pick it. And then we have the rookie draft. Yeah. Which, that will be fun. The rookie draft will be fun. I'm intrigued to see how that happens. And, and I guess the other big news was... No one under 18 in the ISL anymore. So, so uh, Benedita Palato is, I guess, out. I think that's a shame that she's out. I think yeah. that was a mistake. I think they should have at least allowed her to bring yeah, mother in. <laughs> Maybe it's yeah. legal reasons. You have to be 18 to win, win money. Well, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, like, you can go pro as early as you want to go. Yeah. 
been. I, I was hearing stuff about having a guardian in this. It might get trickier as it grows. You have to have someone go with them, but I think it's just a CYA type of thing. Uh, I, I, I imagine there is some legal implication that makes it easier on their side. Yeah. But I don't think it's the right decision. Yeah, right. I, I agree. I think yeah. it, would, it brings more excitement, especially to the international, I think, swimmers. Or if this really does grow in, I don't know, I'm trying to think what U.S. swimmer that was under 18 would have gone and just impacted, I guess, like a Ledecky, even though she's not truly made for ISL. Oh, Reagan or Smith. Or maybe Reagan, she, yeah. Maybe maybe ISL is a bigger thing. Hopefully it continues to grow, and as it grows, yeah. perhaps it's a, it's a compelling value proposition. Because, I mean, the thing is, like, what's the... the when the... When you leave college, uh, mm-hmm. most of it's been a while since we've seen somebody totally skip college entirely. So yeah. Michael Andrew and Phelps, but who besides those? You have Pearsall who did two years, Ledecky did two years, a bunch of partials. Yeah. So, but they leave because okay, the upside is too big that they can't ignore. Now, so what I think will be interesting to watch is as the ISO grows and the money opportunity potentially grows. Mm-hmm. How do you assess that decision? Because yeah. it depends where you're looking at school, I guess. Because if you're looking at Stanford or somewhere, you have to compare the value of a, a right. four-year degree mm-hmm. and a four-year full scholarship in the case of that good of a swimmer. Yeah. But if you're comparing it to a smaller school, maybe less, but you're looking at what's the value of that degree and that experience, some intrinsic value mm-hmm. versus how much opportunity are you giving up by going to the ISL and making the money Plus, if you're that good of a swimmer to make that decision, then you're also talking about other sponsorship deals. Big time. So, money on too. yeah, I, I mean, I feel like which it, is why I think it's a shame that they're limiting the age because I think no matter the skill level, if you're the best in the world or among the best in the world, you ought to be able to, you know, go out it. and make money off of off of your likeness and off of your skill set. And who's the ISL to care how old you are? Yeah, I'm with you there. Where I mean, it's, it's not I'm the up, only I'm league with, that does it, but... Yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to have it open for everyone. But we'll see if, if U.S. swimmers do it. I feel like with college swimming, it's not even about the money. It's more FOMO, where it's like, oh, I want to have this college experience. Yeah. At least for a year or two. Yeah. Because, as you know, college swimming is huge, and that's what people talk about. So they want to go experience it, whether they're... Yeah. It's not the right financial move, like we've seen for some great high school swimmers go on to college and things kind of fall off a little bit right what do you guys think about what dick pound said about he made a comment about his view on the isl and 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 the whole idea of amateurism still being super important in the olympics and one should not be paid to compete in olympics because the reasons he stated and what do you also think about our recent guests who have said you know what the Olympics every four years should not be the end all be all for, for where you're at. Felix, Felix Holbrook said that. And, and you know, like, uh, you know, the ISL has given me the opportunity to want to continue. Maybe one day the ISL will be that pantheon I'm going towards as opposed to the Olympics. What do you think about how the ISL has now been seen in terms of IOC people and the elite swimmers of the world? It's one other thing that can, uh, you know, take away from this. Uh, thought process that you can only peak once a season or can only peak once every four Four years years. and that's so good for the sport Mm because i mean first of all the window of opportunity is so slim and then the amount of pressure on that one opportunity is so high i think you create a lot more opportunities for a lot more people if there are 
multiple avenues to advance. Yes. Yeah. And I think Dick's view was, and he even said it, it's an old school view. He said it, Right, yeah. where it's just like, all right, you go, you do one Olympics, then you go into your professional, professional. world. And obviously it worked amazingly well for him, and he's had quite a professional right. experience after a great swimming career. But I think more money in the sport, more opportunity for people to be successful with what they truly love and maybe what they're what they're good at doesn't mean you shouldn't be well-rounded and think about life after sport and these things but it might give some athletes a little more time to figure that out he was all for it wasn't he uh, so if, if that's gonna be your profession if yeah. that's what you're gonna you're gonna have a career out of but an athlete's like here too song she went to the ncaa's she had a, a average ncaa career what did isl do for her now she's 26 years old. How is she blowing up the world right now and continuing to swim? What does she have to swim for? Olympic gold medal, but also ISL world records. World records. It's stuff. fantastic. Uh, and talking about that, are we going to make a comeback for the ISL? Are you guys up for the draft? What do you want to do? You want to know what the qualifying times are? Yeah, I want to know the qualifying times. And my it's question like is... 101, 100 long course breast, right? Are these qualifying really times... Slow. <laughs> are, are they the same Those as... teams are deep, though. They're deep. I mean, they are deep, but the times are slow. They're too slow. And what do you, you need to have one cut to qualify, I assume? Shouldn't they be faster than, than, than a jackpot? Oh, they should be faster than a jackpot. Okay, you guys want to hit in yards. 53 yards, 20.1 men. That's slow. It's 53 yards? If you go to high school, 20. it's a lot of them going 19. You do have high that's school. Slow. All right, that's slow. What's the jackpot time for, for that? 22 is five short course meters. Jackpot time is probably it's 0.6 behind the winning time, isn't it? That's and the winning time is like 20.7. The jackpot time is 21.3, 21.4, 21.5. So a qualifying time at 22.5. What do you think short course yards this should be? 53. For a professional circuit to be on, to be considered to be in the NFL draft. You want to be in the NFL draft? Well, you if should we're going to give a short course yards equivalent, yes. I'm going to say 19.3. I going to say 19 low. 19 low, something, 19.2 or 3. There's so many of them. There's so many. All right. I guess, or, or like, how many people do we think in each event should be qualifying? But what's that's a, a different way. But like in the world, is it like 50 athletes, top 50? But it's not even event? qualified. I don't know. In swimming. I don't know either, right? Well, I mean, so the thing is, they, they're, you're, you're trying to create, like, I mean, so there's 12, 12 per gender per team, right? right. So, like, um, and... You're, you're trying to create enough depth so that in versatility so yeah. that you can allow people that are maybe excel in two events and have a third event that they're able to get in yeah and that 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 getting in is enough for them to add value if you're swimming a 20 sorry 20.5 yeah 20.2 20.1 20.1 53 if you're swimming 20.1 level jackpot every like time. <laughs> dude 10 years ago that got you fourth in a college dual meet yep so that's low. Yeah, that ain't. Yeah, so, but it's not doing anything. But as I said, that's not for you to make a team. That's for you to be entered into the draft. And it, swimming is not a swimming in the ISL. You're not gonna like I get drafted. I'm going 20.1, and all of a sudden I'm gonna improve to be an 18 nine swimmer. I mean, you're not gonna have improvements in. It's like you have a farm weeks. system. The here. only thing I can yeah, think is, is not baseball. Yeah. The only thing I can think is they're they're setting the times at a level where they're allowing people who are two event specialists yeah. to make it in a third. But if that's the case, why not just make, make it two, two events? events instead of slow times? I think I think two would have been better than three in setting that you have to make the time in, in three right. and bringing the time standard down. Yep. 
at, at the end of the day, it's not going to matter a whole lot, right? It's just about like limiting the pool, but I think you're like making the menu really long. I think the point of this is so that the GMs can find about find swimmers who they never heard about. Because obviously the GMs are looking at who, who graduated NCs, who is at European Juniors, who is at World Juniors. They look in there, but this is to find those athletes from the Caribbean, from Africa, who they may not have heard about or seen about. But those athletes out there, aren't they? They should be at Pan Am Juniors. They, oh, or, they are, but they're, you know they're about going them. those times, they're still not going to be contacted or I mean, no. they're, they're going to be about, way down the list. The thing about recruiting and swimming is it's it's very objective. Yeah. Now, like, can is there a factor about talent and the way a swimmer looks and their body type? Yeah, and of course. Things? Absolutely. It takes time, though, Brian. For sure. Yeah. But what's the first thing? Yeah. Where are their times? Where do they go? And this would have been interesting if they did get rid of that 18-year-old rule, or that wasn't a rule. And it's like, um, should we try to recruit a 15-year-old that goes, or a 14-year-old that goes 20.1 in the 53, and uh-huh. then sign them for year and year and year, and like uh-huh. try to develop it and yeah. try to get like uh, like Michael Andrew when he was 13, 14, breaking every right, 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 right. Like that would have made it interesting and maybe a reason to have these times to so try we need to a develop. G-League. Yeah, yeah, a G League, a Triple A, or you just say, hey. Like in fantasy sports, you'd say, all right, I'm not going to play for this year. I'm playing for four years from now. We're going to yeah. recruit every elite 15-year-old, assuming they're going to be peaking here, and we're just going to keep them all. So I don't know. But, but this, obviously, you can't do that with the 18. I was so, so, so tell me something. that to you. A draft means that, there you go. Brian, you choose your five that you want to keep. You choose your five, you choose your five. Can I then choose Dressel, my... Can, do. can you choose your 10 <laughs> from me? Huh? No, no, my... it's still from your own team, I believe. So how can you take my swimmers? You can't take my best swimmers. You can never take my best swimmers. You can't, no, like, you trade. Can't. Not I have the best PD. ones. Not, Not the, the best the ones, but you can only sure. protect the top 15, period. Yeah. But what if the top, what if PD wants to come to me? Yeah, I don't know if there's any free agency or trades um, or things what like if that. I, what I say, uh, you know, Brian, I want PD. There is a period for that, um, but... Uh, shoot, I don't remember how this part like, works. It's uh, like Toussaint switched teams. Yeah, she did. So, I mean, in, in the past, it was very unclear how that happened other than just being like, oh, yeah, I decided to look at different teams. But trade, I, w- so I want to trade you, John. I want Shimanovic, and I want I want um, uh, Saki, and you give me Petey. That's a good question. Or she hadn't asked me this, because I don't know. I'll take I don't that. know either, but <laughs> that, to me, that's what's exciting about leveling a playing field. So a team like Toronto can all of a sudden give 10 of their young middle-line scorers and get one superstar in return. Yeah. Because Cali Cal- Condos has 10 superstars. So Cali yeah. can give you a small, a Olivia. Here's yeah. Olivia. I'm going to give you, in return, you can get 10 scores and score one point. Yeah, or, and it's like, all okay. right, you're going to take this guy who's going to be probably retired after this year. Or I'm going to go after this 18, 19-year-old that might swim for 10 more years. Right. And yeah. even get better, right? But there needs brought, to be some trades. You brought up an interesting point, which is um, the, the trade for depth. Yeah. Except that... And, you can't do that. Depth, depth matters to a degree. In the ISL, mm. but superstar power matters Huge, a lot, especially more. with jackpot nowadays, right? Yeah, and I think that that's something that's worth digging into how they address it because the the superstar power. It, honestly, I think this is kind of why the NFL works differently than the NBA, and you have more parity. Eh, I don't know if this is necessarily fair to say, but I think there's more parity in the NFL than there mm-hmm. is in the NBA. And that's because you've got a lot, it's a lot more complex organization. Or maybe the better way to make the point is that in the NBA, if you have two or three really dominant players, it makes a big difference. It makes a a huge difference. It gives a crap about the other seven, you know, 12 guys on the team. 
doesn't matter. And I think the ISL, because of the team size, mm -hmm. is the same way. Agreed. Where it's just, you only have 12 for, I mean, it's 24 for the whole team. It's all one team scores. But that's that's not that many across the board when you consider the breadth of the events. And so if you have a few dominant across the, if you have 10 all-stars, that team will smash all day long versus the team that has 24 that are like pretty so, okay. And these are all stars who can swim four events. So like, I don't know if I would trade Olivia for 10, mm -hmm. like 10 one-pointers. You know, even if, the, even if the points technically equaled, I, no I way. I wouldn't no, but you it. have to enter swimmers on events and you have to have these swimmers who don't get jackpotted because what's the, what you don't want to risk well, exactly. jackpotting as much. Right. So you have to have decent B teams. Mm. Yeah. The, the superstars make it up because you could jackpot your own swimmer. Just put it done in there, and then you're all good still. You get their points. So it's so smart jamming. But, the, but the, the draft does try to make up for it, where the weaker team should technically get the best new swimmer every year. Well, so right. They should get a superstar to kind of build up and, and build the superstars that we were saying are the biggest contributors to the teams, obviously. On the assumption that the fair way to do up. it is let the existing teams keep their superstars mm -hmm. on their team that were free agents to begin with yeah. and the only way to build so, it up is out of the draft yeah. if you're, so I, I feel like 15 may be too deep for protecting right I think it is and I, I like I, I don't I don't think that I was right at the beginning but the, when I was saying that there was a round of drafting in between the 5 and the 10 I think there should be because yeah. that would make it really interesting. After five, everyone can pick. Can I pick after five, team. you get your top five, and then everybody gets a round of poaching. I'm up at for least that. one person, and then you go and protect some more. That to me is interesting. I think so, so too. We are talking about swimming a lot, and I want to talk about the coaching side of this, the gym side. And you're wearing a t-shirt. You're wearing a jersey right now, which we can get to eventually. It's a sweatshirt. A sweatshirt. Sweatshirt. Jersey, jersey. top. top. Hoodie. Some Hoodie. might call it. Right. It's it's it, I mean the story franchise, but I want to still stick on the ISL side. Are we talking or seeing about the, the changing in the coaching stuff and how much the coaching stuff really in, make a difference in ISL team anyways? Don't you need more time to evoke real change in ISL team with unless you're energy standard of the worlds? Yes. Right? You need more time, don't you? Like, yeah, like, like Dave, Dave, Dave is not going to do that much to LA, to LA Currents unless he's with them for like six months. Much. No. But they just come up with cheers. And, yeah. You know, I don't know what and they maybe do. they, I mean, They're with the, the draft, lineups. maybe they play a bigger they do role. The, they do the media. You know, they do the interviews. They do oh, the media, but, and, but they can do strategy as well. It's but it's like some strategy. But the draft will be interesting. John, you okay? You good? You want to shake down? You want to physio? Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. That, that's my job. <laughs> in, in, in the skins. It will be an important thing for the draft, though. Right? What? Why? Why is it? Because strategy. Yeah, because. Not. Swimming There's knowledge. going to be differing opinion and who is going to be the best, best ISL person. GM makes the decision. The GM. Right? So someone's got to pick these people. What did Lee Zach do to Coleman's shot? The, 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 as soon as the NCs were, were signed off, he called Coleman's shot. He said, I want that mustache. <laughs> I want it underwater <laughs> on my team. All right, who's the top NCAA male ISL draftee? And the Hoff? I think so. I think so, too. Yeah. 50 free, 100 free, 100 fly. I mean, who else is eligible? How old's Milak? It's uh, Milak was already on iron. Yeah, oh, he, he was. was. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. Was just had COVID last year, so he didn't do it. But he signed for them uh, two years ago. I think. What about Minikov? <sighs> what about Andrews Russians who went forty seventh? Right. Where? I thought he was going to summit USC. Oh, why? Go to the ISL. Go Picking pro. Water bottles and, Great team. and summer's faces. Go make the money. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I might have mixed Come them on. up. Because wasn't Minikov swimming Russia just announced here? that there's a different team today? Russian kid that was swimming in the Bay Area in high school. Ooh, I don't know. 
All right. But Not Ryan sure. Hoffer is probably the top recruit then, out yeah, of NCS. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. How are you going to go as Hoffer, short course? All right. Female. Uh, wait. Eligible? Hmm. I don't know who is a senior. There were seniors at NCS that were tearing it up. What class is Maggie? She's junior. Maggie's junior. Maggie's uh, a junior. Because Maggie would tear it up. Senior year. Go pro. Go pro. <laughs> Go pro. That's my pick. And I guess all these seniors it. could stick around another year because they have that extra year of eligibility. What, Brian, would you... Be, if you were Maggie McNeil, would you go pro or would you some senior year at, at Auburn? And and to the way it ends, to not to he's gonna say Auburn because he wants Maggie McNeil on Auburn right I, now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, Maggie probably won't win it at championship. Michigan's not gonna win next year championship, but neither is Auburn. <laughs> but when you were t- when you were a senior, they would have. Come on, Ryan. Did, Coach Ryan. Ryan. We Come need on. you. Come on. They turn around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, would you? And you can get. Maggie could win two grand, two hundred grand. She's gonna stay in Michigan. No, yes, but would you? So, would you? She is. Would she you is. train at Michigan, and finish your degree at Michigan, but don't swim for Michigan? She's gonna, I think, swim for him. Mike, I, mean, I don't know if we're asking. Why. Yeah, you would, no, right? I think, I, I think I would go. I think I would take the money. I think you, I, I think, think I would. Go to the I think well, I would too, right but I don't think yeah. she. I think she's gonna stay. I think she's gonna stay too, but that's a big financial it, decision. It is. It's the kind of questions that we are asking now as swimmers. Brian is right, right now asking swimmers: Olympic gold, world record, or ISL MVP. You've now changed your your questions. You've asked some people. Yeah. It's now a, a, a serious question. A lot of money. And it is. A swimmer like Maggie McNeil needs to figure out two hundred grand in my senior year, or I can get a couple more NC trophies, which, by the way, I had the greatest swim this entire year. That's 200 grand, but let's just but say pretty like close. It's, it's probably... She's pretty she's a, she's yeah. a, she's Skins? A, she's in the six-figure discussion. Yeah, yes! She but I, she's I think a there's Sostrom. Gonna, there's going to be FOMO out of it, though. She wants to swim in college. Yeah, but there's going to be FOMO, too, if you're like... But she's going to think, oh, I got 10 ISL. years of ISL. You probably think right. that, but your window is not that long. It isn't, and for all we know, ISL, two years... We don't know how long it's going to be around, I right? don't know. I don't know that there's a good way to make that decision. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a tough fall. I honestly don't know. But you'd be know. great in ISL. But kudos for ISL to having us have this discussion even think about this. Because you would never consider not swimming a senior year at your university. But now we are thinking about well, it. Only, only a very few people would. And still, very few. only a very few people would. But there is a different discussion that's happening now for more people than would have if it was only about how much money are you leaving on the table mm-hmm. to sign with the major swimsuit companies yep. and, you know, the watch companies and whatever else. And I guess one thing to consider, and I don't know, think it's there yet, but, I mean, we all have, in the U.S., like, ties to universities. Canada has their one ISL team that mm-hmm. is mostly Canadians. Yep. If it keeps growing, it's like, hey, I want to go represent the Canadian ISL team. That's more important to me than going to some American university. Absolutely. Give it a little time. Yeah. And I, I don't mean, think I, it will take a lot of time, I, and they're going to be like, man, yeah, yeah. I want to swim for the Titans. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a condor. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. No, I'm, I'm really excited for this the kind of roots mm-hmm. to grow but, amongst the ISL teams and start to build a, a fan base and yep. start to have a favorite team and start it to needs see to grow like, to- Hey, I like that team because they've had this this swimmer for a while. Yeah, yeah. I guess one interesting thing with the draft too is how how all the international players are going to be because mostly Tokyo Frog Kings were mostly Japanese swimmers. You didn't see many Japanese swimmers, Brazilian right, guy, on American teams, and all this. Are they going to start being you know doing a little bit more there? 
And what about the countries that didn't compete, really? Like the Chinese athletes and things like that? I guess you have to apply to be, like you have to submit something to be a part of the draft. So I guess any right. athlete will just say, I'm not a part but, of it. But will some Chinese athletes get in there? And some that's where the draft countries? is going to help us, guys. Yeah. Because Jason Mizak and all these other GMs, they don't know about the Chinese swimmers out there because they haven't heard about them and seen them. Yeah. But maybe those Chinese swimmers now, because will start and I want to put my name in a hat. And I didn't know about you, yeah. swimmer. And you find out about them. Or, or this, I don't know, someone from Japan or I mean, any of these places that we don't follow as closely, I'd say. Yeah. So how do you get a, a, a program that's storied to go from, to continue its great tradition like Texas and continue going with a major coaching change or to have a program that's had no NCAA point scorers to come back to prominence? What do you think is one of the most important things you need to have to keep that program, hmm. bring it up or keep going? What are you trying to... Who are these programs? Uh, you, uh, you, NCAA US college programs. What do you think is the number one Shall thing you should have? Nameless. Yeah. <laughs> That's, no like, jerseys named. <laughs> like, like and also, honestly, the two of the biggest stories in NCAA swimming is Texas and Auburn. You mean Texas has lost it, has lost it, <laughs> their, their right, coach. There we go, get out of them. So Texas has lost their coach of how many years? 35 years? Yeah, I don't know, 40? Yeah, 40, Forever, right? Yeah. And, and, and we haven't named a replacement yet. What is it going to take to keep Texas where it's at? Is it is Texas itself a living organism? Does it need a, a, a head to drive it? Auburn certainly was not that. Because in 10 years, Auburn went from the, the greatest, the, the Golden State Warriors of basketball to the... Gonna say Warriors of basketball. To the Warriors, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> to the Warriors. Is it a coach? Is it a program? Is it a mindset? Is it a discipline? Is your is your is 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 is, is having an alum who knows the culture of Auburn going to keep that program and bring it back? Is it somebody like Texas, like a Hanson or Pearson needed to keep the Hanson? To keep the Texas tradition going and the culture. What is it, guys? I, I don't know the NCAA system. What is it going to keep that to keep it going? Let's take Indiana for example. Yeah. So, uh, Indiana's recently risen to prominence, right? And has a really great program. And it came back to prominence, you should say, after yeah, twenty years. Yeah. Right. But it has taken a long time for now. Indiana was dominant in the seventies, correct? And it was the preeminent swimming program in the country, right? Now. It has taken a then they then they took a very long hiatus from the 70s, basically three decades, four decades almost, um, to to make a comeback. It's been long enough that it if if you're if you're a high school swimmer today, and you're considering the top programs, yes, you're considering them. But if Indiana were to fall off completely, I don't believe that that is enough to sustain them for another period of time as an elite program to where you're thinking about them as, um, I want to be part of that. Mm -hmm. So we'll go back to the, the thing about fandom right. and our, our like affiliation with certain ISL teams and why that's challenging is because humans are tribal. And yes. high school swimmers, especially, I mean, still predominantly it's american mm -hmm. swimmers who are feeding the u.s college systems even though there are a lot of international swimmers most of them are growing up having an awareness of how good a college swimming program is maybe they have a favorite swimmer that's on a certain team or it's in their state and so they are they see that team mm -hmm. at their at their at the sectional meet or whatever in regional settings so like those that type of exposure makes you aware of something and therefore you're you're kind of like there's relevance 
And Correct. I think that uh, programs like Texas, for example, have, because of their long history, have a longer staying power of relevance. So let's say that Texas sucks for the next 10 years. People are still going to want to go to Texas. 15 years. Yeah. It's still Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that if they were to um, have a coach that came back into the fold uh, who resurrected them after a 10-year or 15-year right. hiatus, if they do go that long, I hope, is, <laughs> is that, they'll, that because the brand is so strong right, because right. of its long history, that they'll able to resurrect it quickly. Whereas, I think Auburn is getting pretty close to, to that an inflection point, point yeah. of yeah. irrelevance. Yep. Yep. Such that if you they suck for another five years, they'll be off the map. Mm-hmm. But if Waco, boy, can come back and, and help the team, you know, uh, grow and, and and get back to where they are, then I think that that will help in terms of uh, relevance in recruiting. Now, what does he have to that do? said, yeah. nothing changes the fact that in, in either scenario that, like, Texas doesn't make Texas fast. No. Coaching and culture yep. make Texas fast. Yep. Coaching and culture, culture make Cal fast with yeah. Durden. Yeah. Coaching and culture made Marsh fast at Auburn yeah. and so forth. So no matter what, you have to coach them up. Mm-hmm. And you have to get them to believe. And the team has to believe in each other. And so I think, what does it take? Yeah. I think it takes the same thing in both places. In one case, the deck is already set and you've got a culture that is likely to help you and that the team is able to help the new coach establish that culture while infiltrating and that is that's going to be a different a, a difficult thing to to mesh mm-hmm. as a new coach so, with an existing team that had a culture but they're trying to adopt to you and your plan as a coach that that yeah. can be be problematic like I I watched it happen at Auburn when David left and Richard Quick came and there was a period of adaptation where like Listen, I know this guy and his pedigree, but what he's saying is really different, and what we're doing and is really different. And there's adaptation too, of course. And yeah. and I'm I'm having to go like, do I buy into this or do we buy into this? Wow. And and so, I, I think that what like, happened? That, what that, happened? That how long did it take the transition? You know, if it's not Wyatt, even no matter what, even yeah. if it is Wyatt who yeah. gets it, there will be a period of adaptation at Texas right. because it's not Eddie. Mm-hmm. And Eddie's, Eddie had his thing for a while, and all those guys have been adapted to it. Now at Auburn. Waka will bring, well, he's gonna a, bring. Different, a different set of, you know, a, a different mindset, a different, a different perspective, a, a, way of, a way of talking to people. But, but his body of work involves totally resetting the trajectory of, of mm-hmm. expectations because there have been several years, not just the Gary tenure, but at least like, because the program was, was declining a little bit in Brett's final few mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in that period of time, then you've got, uh, like, you know, maybe unfair for me to say, because I don't know these kids personally. My expectation is that as you continue to come down the line of uh, the, the, the program performs worse, the recruits overall, their, their, you know, their level of speed, their, their, their level overall comes down. And, and therefore, my belief is their expectations of themselves comes down. Collectively, everybody together has expectations that aren't at the height of See? where collectively high high achievers set it set them set set their sights and so 
he's got a task of, of taking Flipping a bunch of people yeah. that have kind of lived at overall, collectively in aggregate, yeah. a lower level of yeah. expectation and performance. And he's got to reset that trajectory at a much higher like rate than anyone at a bigger school that already has What's he gonna a level do? of expectation. What's he going to do? You know Ryan. You saw him with him. He's a good oh. buddy. He goes, what is he going to do? What's the first thing he thinks he's going to do when he goes on deck? Oh gosh! He turned <laughs> he's turned Houston around. Houston was six in the AAC, and Houston won five championships in AAC in a row. Yeah. He turned them around. What's he gonna do? The first thing he's gonna do. What's the first thing he's gonna bring back from his from the 08, 07, 09 period? That's when he was right. What's he gonna do? Early, I would say even earlier than yeah. that, right? Because yeah. some of his, his his first national championship was 03. 03. So the teams he was on were 03, 04, 05. And then I overlapped with him 04, 05. And then, um, you know, and so I was 04, 05, 06, 07. You, descri- you described the decline being the opposite to how you've des- described what that period was like in Auburn. When all of you brought together and brought greatness together, and you know you're greater than the sum of your parts. Yeah. So what is he going to do? Ryan, you know Ryan. Yeah, is he energetic? Is he humble? Is he? You know, it's funny. I don't really know him as a coach, but uh, but I know him as a teammate. And and uh, and uh, so, well, uh, like uh, a funny guy and a jokester uh, at all times. I think that one of the things that that he established was when it's time to be serious, that uh, he understood how to elevate to the highest level. Um, and, mm. and that was something that I, he was one of the people early on who, when I was training, I, I, um, I was chasing these two people on the team who were a year older than me. And I remember David saying, don't set your sights on them. That's right. Right. Mm. Like you need to change, you need to hockey, you need to like change your sights and your goals toward you need to be chasing Fred. You need who to be just chasing broke 19 Waco. for first time ever in history. The two people that he told me Waco. were Fred and Waco. Mm-hmm. Because at the time, Waco was yeah. top seeded NCAAs the year prior yeah. in, in the 100 free and prelims. And then finally. How was, good was he? What was his times? Uh, I think he went 49 in the 100 free in, in that like crappy tear suit. Uh, but he was on the World Champs team. And mm-hmm. then, uh, short course, 42. 19 low 15 19, years ago 19, guys 19, that's 19, the, that's maybe. awesome yeah yeah i mean so like and and his start was so good mm. uh like re- like ridiculously good start um something that maybe his swimmers don't know about i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing about the, the thing that i think that he may do in the early if i could guess is to say um Collectively, you you can you can control what you can control, and we can hold each other accountable. And the best that you can do is set expectations from yourself that yep. you're going to show up on a daily basis, and you're going to get the most out of yourself that day. Whether that's you know, regardless of what that is, do your job. I mean, in some ways, it's like the Bill Belichick mentality, right? It's do your like job when you do. it's like show up, your hold your hold your teammate accountable, yep. invest in your teammates. Communicate with them as if you're communicating with yourself. Like, and so, you know, give as much to themselves yep. or more to them as you think that you could give to yourself. If you think that you're out of breath in between sets, you're not because you haven't given enough to your teammate. The more you give to your teammate, the more that you'll get out of your own performance and collectively you'll get from each other because of the investment in each other. And so I think that what? the more he's able to, to, to sell the position that... 
If you support your teammates and you invest in them and you challenge them and you hold them accountable, then together collectively we hold each other accountable and we're gonna breed the best performance out of each other. And in doing that, we're all gonna elevate our game because the more that I get to know you and you get to know me, John, and I know what your goals are and I know and I know on a daily basis that you're coming in because you wanna go X time in the 50 free this year, then you're gonna know the same thing about me. And in doing that, then yeah, when, yeah. When, well, like, when I'm screwing up, then you're gonna call my bullshit. And then when you're screwing up, I'm gonna call your bullshit. And then people are gonna see us calling each other's bullshit. And then Luke and your friend over there are gonna be doing the same thing. And you're in your class and your cohort. And all of that just like, just, just this, just so this Brian, cycle. You would come into the wall, you're touched, you're dead, you're exhausted, you can't breathe. But the first word that comes out of your mouth is like, good job, Brian. Like you, you say good job to your teammates. The good when job, we're, Luke. When, when we're at our best, you that's couldn't what's move. Happening. You couldn't breathe. You you were in super pain. You touched the wall, and you're like, get it. Good job, John. Yeah, I'm telling you, there's nothing that's like insane. there's yeah. nothing like a workout where where and that was happening many a time, and I can remember vividly. Uh, we had um, uh, we had Bob Platt on the show, who was a good friend of, of my college teammate Scott Goodrich. Yes. Scott Goodrich was a year younger than me. We were both like pretty equal in terms of speed uh, in the 50 free. Um, we both split 18-6 on the relay in our, our senior year. We were wow. both 19 lows, 19-1, 19-2. And, but I remember doing, uh, you know, dry land stuff with Scott. Yeah. It was like, good, good, the thing good. that I remember is just doing those like med ball throws. Yeah. Like, throwing back to each other. I also must know but, that. Like, when we were doing that, I can vividly remember uh, us throwing out relay times. Boom, 114.9, boom, 18.6, boom, 114.9, boom, 18.6. Why? Because 18.6 is what it takes to average to go 114.9. And so, like, we, we just, we had set joint goals amongst the team, and we would hold each other accountable for those. And, you know, that just, uh, that just permeates. And so I think, like, that's, I don't think that that's normal. No, it's uh, not. And I think that, uh, but if if I'm if I'm Waco, I think he for sure remembers that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And mm -hmm. um, from day one, we'll be thinking about how to get there. Now, do you get there on day one? <laughs> of course not. Uh, absolutely not. That takes a long time. But I think uh, that he'll begin to stay. Okay, how do we plant the seeds? Mm -hmm. And he's obviously built something like that. And I, I don't think that he would go into it with the mindset of. How do we build the Auburn of, of old? Yeah. But I think he'll be going into it with with the lens of some some of the things that he's he's established in you know in his career thus far. Um, you know, growing this this Houston women's team, leveraging the time that he spent you know at, at Louisville, and then applying those learnings to 2021 with Auburn and saying you know how do we build the team of the future with a program that has such a rich legacy. Wait, Tom. I think with any elite organization. Like, he's, like you described there, it's people keeping each other accountable. And as a head coach, you can't keep 30 people accountable all the time. You need to create that organization or team where everyone is keeping each other accountable because people are going to be down, people are going to need to be picked up and pushed to be able to get their, their greatness. So, yeah, I don't know. Like you said, it's not going to happen overnight for sure. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, little by little, right? And it's happened with with organiz with teams, right? I mean, NC State turned it around relatively quick. Um, they I mean, did. Louisville, Virginia, yeah, Virginia Kentucky. turned it around quick. Yeah. Kentucky. True. I mean, Louisville might have been a little longer process, but I mean, it came from McGill, from nowhere. But came from nowhere. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like I right. mean, yeah. it just you got to get the yeah. the wheels churning, and then 
I hope they give him a chance. Um, I won't, I'm always intrigued with how it goes and how long they give coaches a leash. This is something where maybe it's harder to. I think this one will be a lot longer. But part but, of the part of the reason why the leash was so short with Gary is because the culture was so bad, mm-hmm. and because he just wasn't bought into Auburn. And, and it was but going down pretty. You got somebody right? that's bought into the program. Uh, now, I, now I hope that we, you know, and I and I believe that yeah. the Waco will have some success, so, you like know, that. within within a shorter period of time. But, uh, but I also think, like, man, he's got a deep hole to dig out of. Yeah, and that's does. no disrespect to the current team. Um, but the reality is, like, you know what? The, the results say what they say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's there's a long way to get from yeah. where they are today to, you know, where, you know, Texas and Cal are today. Or, you know, on the women's side, Stanford and, you know, Georgia and Kentucky Virginia. and Tennessee and Virginia. And, you know. I, I think we just end this saying the fact that they made such a drastic, sudden move was because they were almost embarrassed by the results what happened and they acted upon it, they didn't just hope. And that's a good sign of a good AD, of a good president, of a good leadership, of good, in the NBA, be good ownership. I don't know about that. No? No. They, just, they made a quick change, dude. They, they changed it right away and make a fast decision. I don't know I don't if think that's it was a little rushed. Not. I don't know if that's it's good It's too rushed. Not. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how it all pans out, right? I think it was a little rushed. But the timing, they were trying to get it done before the kids went home to go to school. Or why? from school. Um, for recruiting purposes? Allegedly. Yeah. yeah. Probably motivation within the team, I guess you could say. I think say. they just wanted, so the Auburn's had a lot of people transfer. Yeah. yeah. And so I think they kids. wanted to get it done before uh, people were going to leave. We got red shirt, yes. We got a funny year in COVID. Let's see what happens. So kudos. But yeah, that was a good discussion. ISL and, and, and Auburn. And Auburn and with Texas All Green. Coaching, baby. And um, yeah, cool. Good deal. All right. Later. Cheers, boys. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it. And be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at The Social Kick Podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick. And you can find all of our content on our website at thesocialkick.com.